0: Mac Power Users, episode 472, live in Chicago with friends. Hello and welcome back to Mac Power Users. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and I am joined in the flesh, I'm touching his arm right now,
1: Davis Sparks. This is a very special podcast, Stephen. I promise
0: we'll keep our hands to ourselves from here on out. I, I can't promise that. <laughs>
1: This is really exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, when Steven first came on the show, one of the first things we want to do is do a live show. I was looking at the calendar and realized the last time Mac Power users did a live show was 2013 at MacWorld Expo, which was a long time ago. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah, We all miss Mac World. Uh, at that time, the iPhone 5 was rocking the world. Uh, mountain lion was our on our max and uh, it's
0: still on some of our max
1: right and it's uh, it was overdue so i'm really happy and thank you everybody for for coming out we uh i think we had a great show not only for the folks in the audience here today but also uh the folks at home
0: so uh, i feel like i need to share a little bit about our last few days oh boy so you've been in chicago for a couple of days doing a conference lawyer grown-up stuff yeah yeah yeah, whatever um I got in yesterday, so we've been spending some time together. Yes. We have some friends in town, and there's no way to say this. Chicago is trying to kill
1: you. Yes. <laughs> it has been one accident after another. I don't know what it is about the city. I, everybody here is so nice, but it's so damn cold here. <laughs> and, and everybody says from Chicago, they're like, oh, this is great weather. and. Yeah, that's what they're all telling me. But I'm from California, guys. You know, socks are optional where I live. And I think it's the cold. You know, what's that Jack London to build a fire? You right. know, you get. To, You're dying so, under a tree. Yeah, so Spoilers. I. Spoilers. Exactly. I, so I. Um, first, I've been walking around wrapped up like Ralphie from Christmas Story. And I think that's the source of my problem because I'm so obsessed with the cold that. Uh, In the last two days, I have walked into a pane of glass. I tripped upstairs. It's true. I didn't even know that was possible. It's it's been rough, man. It's been rough.
0: And you're you're away from California.
1: Yeah, no Disneyland. What's up with that?
0: They're not everywhere. and Not everyone has that in their backyard.
1: Yeah, no no ocean.
0: (sighs) Got to wear socks. I mean, I'm from Tennessee, so this is also cold to me. But I'm also confused by the lack of things like Pickup trucks and uh, hunting clubs. I haven't seen a hunting club advertised anywhere. That's really strange. Yeah, it is. So we're both a little out of our element, but we're here together. Yes. And like you said, your family's here with us. Yes. Which is awesome.
1: Yeah. And we've really enjoyed Nando's. Chicago's got Nando's. We don't have that in California. I don't know how that we, happened. We don't have
0: it. We do have restaurants, and like indoor plumbing. People hear that I'm from Tennessee, and they're like, how do you have the internet? But we do have those things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got some fun stuff.
1: Yes, we do. should we do our surprise? I think we should. You vamp.
0: I, I hit it.
1: Okay, so I gotta go well, we get didn't it. want to give it away. We wanted to have a prize for someone today, so we went looking. You know, Stephen has a Mac, has donated to a Mac museum, so he's been working on it for us, working researching really hard, and we found the perfect gift for the perfect Mac power user. You want to show it to us, Stephen? Drum roll. Oh. Now, on eBay, this is sold as an authentic 1980-something-something something Apple hat. Now that we got it shipped to us, we're pretty sure it's not.
0: It doesn't seem vintage, but There's, it is
1: cool. Yeah. And we wanted to give it away. So we wanted to find who came from the furthest to be here today. So go ahead and nominate yourself. Canada. All right. Canada pretty, pretty good. good. Ottawa, Canada, right? Canada. All right. Anybody, Anybody got that beat? Little Rock art. Little Rock, Arkansas. Florida. Also from the south. Florida is even farther. California.
0: California. Anybody else international? Okay, so here's the thing. International is, Canada's closer to here than Florida. Yeah. But Canada is a different country, and honestly, when's the last thing Canada won at? I mean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they're so nice there, they're too. They're very
0: nice, and I feel like we should reward our neighbor to the north.
1: I think we should. Come on down.
0: There you go. I wanted to bring an XServe G5 as a prize, but it didn't fit in the overhead bin. My my wife really wanted me to bring that too, so it's out of the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I saw a whole new side of Steven today. You know, we've been podcasting together for a while with Mac Power users. But when it comes to audio setup, Mr. Hackett is all business. You should have saw him today, hooking all this stuff up. It's a whole bunch
0: of stuff. It comes in a rolling suitcase that you can put in an airplane. And, uh, you know, I, f- I do. We do live shows at Relay FM, like half a dozen times a year now. And every single time I get stopped. And Memphis is not a big airport, right? Like, I probably went to high school with a TSA agent. Yeah. And every single time they have to bring every single thing out. Like, what is this? What's a microphone? Well, what is this? It's a cable. It's like so. I go to the airport early, but it's totally worth it because we get shows that sound good live, and if you're listening at home on the recording, but it's fun. I really enjoy cable management. It, it's like yes. my, it's my spiritual gift.
1: Yeah, when I was setting up, I was putting the cables across the table, and I didn't realize I wasn't doing them the way Stephen likes them. That's true. So I had to take care of that. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, we had the last, famous lost episode of Mac Power Users at Macworld several years ago where I made the mistake of telling the guy how to press the record button. Mm-hmm. And so he punished me by not pressing the record button. <laughs> Today we got it on the stage. In fact, we'll probably have to do a future show to talk through this. Yes, I love talking the, about this. All the stuff that you've done with it. Uh, but it's been great. Um, before we take a guess out, you want to do some traditional Mac power user talk? Got yes. something on your mind? So you have
0: been on a journey. Yes. And I want to talk about this. So the other night you tweeted, I'm pulling the tweet up. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Here's an odd Mac problem. There's no documents folder. Just gone, and I can't create a new one. This is like a really sad poem in a way.
1: Yes. I was going for haiku, but it didn't yeah. work.
0: Ages ago, I had it singing to iCloud, but that's turned off, and there's no documents folder in iCloud. This is what got me. Even disappeared from the finder view preference.
1: You broke your Macintosh. I did. I did. Yeah. I always talk on the show when Apple does some new iCloud thing how I'll just go ahead and turn it on. I've gotten... Both of the hosts of this show, other hosts, have had disdain for me over my reckless abandon, and apparently it got around to me here because I had turned on at one point the share documents folder to iCloud, and I would turned it off after we did it on the show. And I'd, I never use the documents folder. I mean, I use cloud storage for everything, but I bought the um, an audio filter to try and prove some of the, the – the audio stuff. Steven's rubbing off on me, I guess. And I went to install and it said, well, it can't install this because I can't create a folder in your documents folder, which I thought, well, that was kind of weird. Right? Strange. Yeah, yeah. It's unusual. So then I went and looked and there was no documents folder on my Mac. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. You know, so so I started looking into it. Um, it's, and then I went into the the finder the view options, you know, where you can check, show me in the sidebar, the audio, the documents, the whatever. Right. Where the where the document thing was it was blank. It had a checkbox with no letters next to it. That's
0: that's an incredible bug. Yeah, like I'm impressed the way that it broke.
1: Yeah, I I will put a, uh, a screenshot in the show notes. But the it was it was just like, where do you even start with that problem? So I threw it out to Twitter and everybody really had no advice for me. And um And then, you know, I thought, what the heck, I'll just say reinstall OS, because that's what I do. And um, it's really easy these days. You can reinstall the OS without having to rebuild the system from scratch. And sometimes that'll fix a problem. So I went ahead and did that. It took like 30 minutes. And right after I booted it up, got my tea, it was all happy, still no documents folder.
0: Who in your life predicted a reinstall would not fix it? Just for the record.
1: You. (laughs) <laughs> you told me immediately that would not fix it. I
0: texted him, like, no, don't do it. He's like, it's already starting. I'm like, well, there goes your evening.
1: Yeah, so, so then I started, and Stephen actually did give me, he said, well, maybe it's hidden. And that got me thinking because it says it can't create the folder. Um, but it didn't say the folder already exists. But I thought, well, what the heck, I'll go down this road. So I, I used the terminal command to show hidden files, and sure enough, there is a documents folder that is hidden in yeah. that directory. It's just taking a nap. Yeah, apparently. I, I think what it was when I set up iCloud, it must have left, because it renames the folder, mm-hmm. I think it must have left the old one in there and somehow just hidden it, and that was my problem. So I deleted it. Um, I love typing in the terminal, kill all, you know, anytime you have a problem, kill all. So uh, it makes you a little nervous, but you do it anyway. And the folder came back and happiness everywhere.
0: That's good. I'm
1: glad it's fixed. You know, that's the kind of stuff that makes me crazy on the Mac though, because I have a podcast about being a Mac power user and, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, make this stuff easier for folks. But even once in a while I run into this stuff, that just makes no sense at all. I got your back. Yeah, I, thank you. It helps having a former genius at your side. Uh, but we we did get it fixed, and it's going, and, and that's good.
0: It is interesting. I have not spent much time with the iCloud desktop document sync. That's just not helpful in the way that, that I work. You know, I've got this MacBook Pro that your water bottle is very close to, by the way. I have an iMac Pro in my studio, and they're very different machines. I don't necessarily want to sync stuff, and like we, we've we spoken about. Yeah. I use Dropbox for all that anyways. Yeah, And so I've never even turned it on, but... I recently set up a MacBook Air for my wife, and at some point, it's the default. So unless you uncheck it, Desktop and Document Sync is turned on, which seems bananas to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get the, the benefit, you know, your stuffs on your iOS devices and your other Macs, but clearly they've got a little work to do to make that more robust. And I think they're get, they'll get there. They've gotten that that robustness has come to so many parts of iCloud right so i have faith that they can continue to round it out and make it better but it's definitely an interesting tale that you know finder just couldn't Unhide it.
1: Yeah, it was because I don't even think I did that on that computer. I think it was the old iMac that I <laughs> ran it on, and with a, a system upgrade, it brought the problem with it. Yeah. And at one point, I went into the iCloud uh, folder where you can click the button to sync documents. I thought, well, maybe if I toggle it on and then off, that would fix it, but it w- it wouldn't stick. If you click it, it it actually wouldn't stick. So, yeah, the iCloud team still got a little work to It's do. always
0: good when you tap a, a click box or an iOS, one of the slider buttons, and it just moves back on its own. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's, it's arms are crossed in the background. It's like, I'm not doing that.
1: No, thanks. No, thanks. Like, come on, work with me here. Well, a few months we're going to be hopefully seeing some Apple folks in uh, Sacramento we San Jose, San and Jose. Uh, we'll uh, maybe be able to talk to them about that. Maybe
0: you could get a t shirt printed with that terminal command. Yes. Just like walk around the conference with it. I
1: don't know. If I go in a t shirt that says kill all doc or kill oh, all. Oh, yeah, they're not going to let you in. Security's going to let have let me on a problem. On the plane. I don't know.
0: Because I just kill all finder and like the finder team gets an email, we've had a security threat. You yeah. need to, <laughs> I, <laughs> guess, I guess my uh, example there presupposes there is a finder team. So that one person. <laughs> or really, a terminal team. Yeah, one person's <laughs> really upset. All right, so we have a really awesome show planned. I just wanted to get that settled because you tweeted about it. I didn't want to leave it hanging for two
1: weeks. Sure. Um, and I'm glad your computer's fixed. Yes, it works. It installs. I can even make folders in the Documents folder again. Brilliant. It's all good.
0: Um, so why don't you tell us about our first sponsor, and then we will move on to that mysterious empty third microphone.
1: Yes, I'd like to do that. And I'm really happy to announce our sponsor of this show is the original sponsor of the MacPow users. It's our friends over at Smile and uh, Text Expander. I remember when we were first doing the show, they said, you guys should have sponsors. And we thought we never even thought of that. <laughs> We asked, how much should we charge? We didn't even ask them. So, so they're just great guys. I, I was talking to them earlier today and told them, oh, you guys are sponsoring tonight's live show. Is there anything special you'd like me to talk about? And they said, yes. Tell the Mac Power users audience we love them. So... They say they love you. Text Expander uh, works on all your apps, so you can use it everywhere, like Microsoft Word, Excel, Adobe Illustrator, InDesign, all of the places. So with Text Expander, you can make a short snippet of text and share it across all your platforms. It's a great way to automate and get your work done. I use it all the time. If you follow the Max Sparky blog, there's always uh, uh, blog entries going up there showing you tricky ways to use Text Expander because it's so much more than your typical Text expansion, like the built-in stuff, can't hold a candle to this. You know, it runs JavaScript, AppleScript. Uh, us nerds can really make a lot out of it. So, spend less time typing and more time doing what you really want with Text Expander. There's free snippet groups for job recruiters, freelancers, airport codes, brand names, and even more at the Text Expander website. If you go to maxbarkey.com/slash-te-snippets, you're going to get a bunch there as well, and in the process of moving them onto the Text Expander website as well. Um, if you don't work if you work if you don't work alone text expander for teams lets you manage and share snippets with your coworkers and your entire company so stay consistent and stay accurate with text expander and best of all if you're listening to the show you get 20% off uh, your first year just go to textexpander.com/podcast to learn more about text expander and thanks text expander for helping us keep the lights on for the whole run of Mac power users
0: do you want to introduce our
1: Mystery guest? Yes, I do. So I we were talking about having some special guests come in. And um, Stephen has written a lot lately about the MacBook Air. And I have a friend that is a pro user, someone who can make automation and programming like nobody's business. And she decided rather to sell her MacBook Pro and buy a MacBook Air. And I thought, we needed to sort that out in the Mac Power users. Not only is this person a Mac Power user, she's also the queen of the Mac Power Users Forum. Everybody, welcome to the stage, Rosemary Orchard. (laughs) Now, Now, Rose came from Vienna, so she would actually have won the hat. If she wasn't in the family there, already.
0: There was fine print that if you're in the show, you can't win the prize. Like I would look like a jerk. Like, oh, you don't get the hat, but the person we invited on stage does. That's not cool.
2: Also, I don't really wear hats like that. They kind of ruin my hair, so.
0: There you yeah. go. I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you you brought your MacBook Air with you?
2: Yeah, I got the gold one.
0: So for me, this is a super interesting computer. You know, for a long time, the MacBook Air was kind of the default Mac notebook, right? Someone was buying a machine for home or office use or they had a student maybe going to college or high school and they needed a laptop. I think all of us would just say, just buy the 13-inch Air. It's really good. It's fast. The battery life's incredible. Just go get the Air. It has ports. Like, it was, it was great. And then along came our friend, the 12-inch MacBook in 2015. And I think that set the notebook family on a course that... Has been a little problematic potentially. And in 2016, when they went to the Unibody or the Thunderbolt 3, you know, flat keyboard machine, like the one I have in front of me, they introduced the two port MacBook Pro. And on stage, Phil Schiller says, used to buy the MacBook Air, come buy this two port, no touch bar MacBook Pro instead.
1: Which is, by the way, like $500 more
0: way more expensive, and I don't think that machine – that machine has its fans. I'm a fan of that machine. I only have the touch bar because I wanted a quad-core processor. But it's never achieved MacBook Air status, right? The MacBook Air is in the league of its own as far as popularity and flexibility. And I think Apple realized that, and so last year they introduced this new MacBook Air. And on the surface – I promise I'm going to get to a question – promise. (laughs) Someone's like skipping ahead and overcast. Like, when does he stop talking? (laughs) On the surface, they fixed and modernized everything about the MacBook Air. So it has a retina display, but it still has like that gorgeous profile, the wedge design, really good battery life still, better trackpad. We can talk about the keyboard. But it's a modern MacBook Air. And to me, that's super interesting because it signifies, I think, Apple changed course in its notebook line. And then we were talking, and you were going to get a new machine, and you say you're going to get the Air, and that just piqued our interest because you're a developer, you're a pro user, you're coming from a 13-inch MacBook Pro. 15. 15-inch, the big one. Yeah. And, and now you've got this thin and light MacBook Air, and I'm curious about the reasons that, that moved you in this direction.
2: Well, uh, for anybody who's picked up the MacBook Pro in the store, the 15-inch that thing is heavy. Like, it's big and it's heavy. And I spend a lot of time on the road. I came here yesterday, I'm going home tomorrow. Guess what? 20 hours of flying, 20 hours of lugging a laptop around that weighs quite a bit. So the weight and portability, like trying to use a 15-inch on a tra- table on an airplane, it's, yeah, you're going to be making elbow friends with your neighbor. 13-inch, you'll still be elbow friends, but not as much. So, <laughs> yeah, so that that was definitely one of the big reasons for this
0: but the so my 13 inch pro here yeah is actually thinner than the back of your air which
2: but not than the front
0: very upsetting but not the front it weighs about half a pound more was that enough to kick you down to the air
2: uh the half pound wasn't really so much but this has better battery life which if you're on a plane for quite a long time you want the battery life and also you can plug this into a battery pack and recharge it plugging the MacBook Pro into a battery pack means the battery will decrease at a slightly slower rate than right. it previously did. Which yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: the, the draw on the MacBook Air is a lot less yeah. in terms of wattage, so you're gonna be able to yeah. get more out of that extra. I mean, this battery.
2: ships with a thirty watt adapter, whereas the MacBook Pro, the thirteen inches yeah. is sixty watt. It's on the
1: floor back here, it's like the size of a
0: I mean, it's huge. It's like it's yeah. crazy. So recharging, thin yeah. and light. Um I see you bought the gold one. Of course. Was that was that a factor?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, I just, previously just, had the space gray, just bonus. But yeah, it's a bonus. I it's like, very nice looking. Yeah, I like nice colors, and also fewer people tend to get the golds because silver and space gray, at least according to Apple, are professional colors. Well, I'm a professional, and I like gold. So, <laughs> here we go.
0: Twenty first century professional. Yeah. Hey, if they make a green computer – they used to make green computers and orange computers. I'm all for bringing that back.
2: I would be in for purple. They had
0: handles back in those days too. It was awesome. Of course, they weighed six and a half pounds, so you needed a handle. Yeah. So your workload – I mean people know you from podcasting. They know you from the forums. Yeah. But professionally, I mean you're you're working in development. You're working in, in web programming. Is this machine going to take over those tasks, or, or where does this machine fit into your day-to-day life?
2: Well, I mean, at work, I have a MacBook, the 12-inch, which is my development machine. Um, so and so that, this is an upgrade. Yeah. Um, so when I'm working from home, this is going to be fine, no problem. Um, but uh, this is going to be... At least temporarily, my my main machine, and then um, when we finally get new IMAX, please, 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 let there be new IMAX this year. Then I will get one of those, which can then I can send the heavy lifting to, so rendering things in screen sure. flow, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, David and I are both all in that desktop life. I yeah. mean, it's so nice to have just all of the power, right? Like, yeah. and it can just sit there, and it's there when you need it. And it's interesting too because a lot of people use notebooks that way. Like, I know our friend John Voorhees is here, who is. Uh, on staff at Mac Stories, and John uses a 15-inch MacBook Pro like with a display and a keyboard and mouse, and it's a desktop replacement, effectively. But I-, I do feel like there's still room for people who need the extra horsepower to still go up to an iMac, or if you're a little nutty, like some of us end up with an iMac Pro.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that prompted this for me. I was trying to do something on my MacBook Pro, and I couldn't. It was lagging when I was trying to live screencast something. And it's like, this, this doesn't work. I need to be able to have the power. So if I can get an iMac that can handle that, then this can be there with me on the road whenever I need a machine.
1: Often people talk to me about um, getting their next computer, and they're thinking about, should I get an iMac? And I always ask them, well, what do you have? I have a laptop. and Well, you know, well I really need a laptop. And I'm like, well, where do you use it? And they use it at their desk. And I say, when's the last time you took it out? And they'll say, well, last year on vacation I took it with me (laughs) or, you know, maybe on Thanksgiving I took it to a relative's house. And then my next question is the stuff you did when you were traveling, could you have done it on an iPhone or an iPad? And quite often the answer is yes. And I think the 27-inch screen should not be under, understated. It is it is gorgeous. I mean, it wasn't even enough for me. After I used a 27-inch screen for three or four years, I got another screen and I attached to it. So it's really nice. And um, and you know, I also think that the uh, the bigger computers are less likely to have the overheating and the breaking and the racking and everything you do to the laptops as you carry it around sure. every day.
0: I mean, this one has a huge scrape across the bottom. Where I was using it on the roof of a building for wait 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 wait, a, wait an wait. unrelated project.
1: No no, no you can't you're not getting away with that.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: we need more information here.
0: I was helping uh, someone in Memphis shoot a time lapse video of a construction project. I was using Nest cams and because uh, they had a couple and you can download the footage from online. You don't have to go to the camera. What's on the roof is really important. You can do it remotely, but I had my laptop to like verify the shot was all right and. I, I pushed it, and it just like totally scraped up the bottom of the lid. So it's all it's all janky now. You weren't
1: hammering nails with it, right? I
0: was not hammering nails with it. You know, sometimes you got to use it to like level a piece of furniture. And it's pretty thin. Yeah. The MacBook Air would actually work better th- at that. Yeah, the wedge you form. Like wedge yeah. it in there. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> slide it in That's so you not
0: reach. Covered by your warranty anyway.
2: No. But the Measure app on your iPhone is great for putting on the top of the piece of furniture so that you know that the MacBook Air is at the right point.
0: That's true. Oh, man. That, that's really the synergy that Apple can offer with hardware and <laughs> software together.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's great. So I want to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the MacBook Air. Yeah. So when you buy a MacBook Air, you get options for RAM and storage. So what did you do, just for the record?
2: 16 gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigabytes of SSD.
0: Very nice.
1: Yeah, That's, that's like fully upgraded, right? You
2: can do uh, you a, a 1.5 terabyte SSD. But at that point, you're looking at a lot more money. You can and buy also,
1: another MacBook Air.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like $1,200.
2: Yeah. And also, um, that wasn't available in the refurb store because right. they have these on the refurb store now. And that's even cheaper than student discounts. So.
0: And a lot of people don't know. I promise I'm going to get to like processor talk because I'm really excited. But a lot of people don't know. Like the Apple's refurbished store is actually a, a pretty great deal because the machines are warranted as new. You can buy Apple Care for them, so it's not like you're you're running the risk of, oh, this machine got returned and it's i am I'm gonna have trouble two years in. Well, you buy the Apple Care like it's new, and you can save hundreds of dollars. And you know you gotta sometimes you gotta wait for what you want because things cycle on and off. But I have no problem recommending refurbished store to people because you know Apple goes through those machines with a with a pretty fine tooth comb and they replace a lot of components and. And actually, if someone returns a machine that's like because it's dead out of the box, um, you know, depending on how bad that is, that may never make it back into the refurbished store. A lot of these are like open box returns and you know, that sort of thing. So it can be a great way to save some money. And especially if you're on the fence of, of new and no warranty or refurbished and then you can afford the Apple Care, I'd go refurbished every time. Yeah, Definitely. I,
1: you can usually get it cheap enough to get basically free Apple Care. So you right. get a three-year warranty on a refurbished machine. We only get a one-year warranty on a new machine.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally worthwhile to to look at that. But the processor in there is really interesting, right? So it's kind of like an iOS device that you don't get to choose, no. right? It's the same processor for everybody, and it's you know lower wattage that's in the MacBook Pro, so it generates less heat, it takes less power, so you can use your smaller adapter and use the battery pack and everything. But in my experience, at least setting up my wife's, it's still super fast. I, I kind of went into the MacBook Air ending in my household thinking... It's not going to be for me, you know. It's gonna. She had a, a twelve-inch MacBook before, and she had like the original one from twenty fifteen. And holy moly, that machine did not age well. It was so <laughs> slow. But the Air is really speedy, and I'm curious. And, and I've only had a little bit of time, but like, has have you got any sense that that it's enough computer for what you want to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, there will be things that will take longer. So if I'm rendering something in ScreenFlow, it's gonna take longer. But at the same time, I'm willing to trade off. For the portability that I'm getting, um, and it's like I wouldn't get that much of an upgrade if I'd gone for the 13-inch MacBook Escape, so the one without the Touch Bar, um, because that's still only a dual-core processor. So this seemed like the ideal solution.
0: Yeah, I think it f- really fills um, a nice spot in Apple's line. You know, the that the MacBook Pro, even the, the two-port one, the Escape, so to speak, that didn't get a processor revision in 2018. It is still faster than the Air. If you need more, you can upgrade to it. But I kind of think the Air is back in the place it used to be of like, I kind of think it's the default computer again.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit high on the price side. It would have been nice yes. if they managed to do like the base model for under 1000 That would have been much easier. as in, Instead, they've kept the old one around, which nobody should buy. It's not. Please don't buy that. It's not a 2019 machine. It's not even a 2017 machine, to be yeah.
0: honest. <laughs> in U.S. dollars, the MacBook Air... Is eleven ninety nine, and of course, if you do RAM and yeah SSD, you can spend way more, you know. But I would like to see it lower. You know, Apple kind of has this thing. And I've talked about this before, where if you have twelve hundred dollars burning a hole in your pocket, and you walk into an Apple store, which like who hasn't been in that situation? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you've got a budget to buy a computer, like all of us do, it's kind of confusing. If your budget is $1,200, like you're yeah. actually kind of better off if you you know, if you, if your budget is less, then it sort of forces your hand because you have this and you have the one port MacBook and you have the escape, they're all pretty similar in price and actually pretty similar in spec as far as Ram and storage. And then you got to get into the nitty gritty of what processor it has and that sort of stuff. My feeling is that the two port MacBook pro will go away. Yeah. It feels like that, that is a machine that had a purpose to replace the MacBook air Clearly, it didn't because the MacBook Air is back from the dead. And so to me, at least, it seems like that's the obvious way forward. The problem is then the MacBook Pro and the Air, there's a huge price gap. Yeah. And Apple, modern Apple, really likes something in every price point. They don't like big jumps. So they got to rectify that potentially. But I'm just so happy that it's back and that it's good.
1: I don't know who I could recommend the 12-inch MacBook to at this point.
2: Because it didn't get an update last year either. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, my thought
0: is, if you if the port if portability is the most important thing, if you're someone who has to fly every week or you are on the road all the time, I could see that. You know, so I, you know, I've got you know now a 12 inch MacBook, the Air, and the 13 inch Pro at home. Like there's differences between them size wise, but it's not night and day. Yeah. No. And the MacBook is really thin and and the lightness is a big jump forward, but the compromise is you, you have just one USB-C port. That's not Thunderbolt. Um, you know, two ports is a lot more than one port. Yeah, I have a college degree. I know that number. Whoa, <laughs> and that's one more. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a one hundred percent increase. It's really good. You know, so yeah, I think the MacBook is if portability is the king in your life. But I don't know how many people fall into that. Honestly, I certainly don't.
2: No, I mean I. I mean I have the MacBook at work because that's what work had as the Apple machines, and it turned out I got the last MacBook in 2017. It was a 2016 model, and I got it in late 2017. So that's how well they were moving, and now we have the 13-inch MacBook with no Touch Bar, and they are moving pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I heard from a listener that um, was really concerned about getting the MacBook Air because of the screen brightness. If you look at Apple statistics or specifics, screen brightness is, I think, like half of the highest brightness on the MacBook Pro. Was that a concern, and does it matter to you?
2: No. No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't really care yeah. about this. Like I'm not using this for photo editing or anything. If I was, then I'd have to calibrate the screen and all, all of that as well. Um but I'm sitting here on stage. There are bright lights shining at me. My MacBook Air has switched itself to 100% brightness and guess what? I can see the screen. Looks great. Yeah. So, I'm I'm fine. Like
0: Yeah, I think that's probably not a concern for most people. I mean, maybe if your workflows include doing a lot of work outside, yeah. like if you're doing it out on I don't know, like on a roof. On a roof, yeah. Thank God I had that extra brightness on the roof. But honestly, like so my MacBook Pro and especially my iMac Pro, and I'm pretty sensitive, maybe to, to like bright backlights. But I mean, right now on stage, you know, my brightness is at sixty percent on this, and any brighter is like too much, and I can't see people four feet in front of me because it is like pitch black in there. I assume there's people are still here.
1: I, I think Alex has a laugh track. Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, so yeah, I. I tend to agree with you i don't think the brightness is a huge concern unless you have a very specific need where you're using it in direct sunlight but even then even the Mac pro even the ipad pro can struggle in direct sunlight all of these things struggle there so i feel like it's not a huge concern
2: no definitely wasn't for me because i'm going to be using this like indoors on mm-hmm. planes and trains and things like that so as planes long as and i and trains
0: can, and automobiles
2: not so much cars not so much cars no, <laughs> no. sorry what about boats Very rarely. Trucks? No. Well, it's a truck.
0: (laughs) I feel personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think of other ways to move around. Okay, we're going to end that thread. Yeah, I think we should stop. Uh, The MacBook Air also has the unique position of being the first Mac with Touch ID and no Touch Bar. Yeah. I know some people in the forums are upset with me that I made fun of the Touch Bar, but it's just not for me. I think it's a lot of people. It's not for them either. But I kind of love that the MacBook Air... Has divorced the Touch Bar from Touch ID, so how has Touch ID been? I know you've you've had experience with it on other machines, but like, do you miss the Touch Bar?
2: I mean, I actually i am a fan of the touch bar. I do like it. So applications like Scrivener, which actually show things that you would need and you are not going to memorize the 15 different keyboard shortcuts that you need to highlight stuff with different colors and things like that. That's really nice. But most of the time, it's just displaying what music is currently playing. And quite <laughs> frankly, I can look up that in Notification Center. So I, I knew that there was no way I was going to get the 12-inch MacBook because keyboard still an older one and it doesn't have touch id right and when i'm not wearing my apple watch because i've just put it on charge or something guess what i have to type in my password like an oh animal i don't remember my password sometimes so it's like just being able to put your finger on it yeah. it's, it's one less well, step
0: and it's great because apple's integrated into the system so system preferences unlock with touch id things like one password Hmm. I, I I sit down to my imac pro every morning and I go to unlock one password, and I just wish I had a Touch ID sensor. Like, yeah. put it on the back, or like, you know, just something. But it, that's there's one thing I always love. I don't use my MacBook Pro very often, mostly on trips like this. And it's the first thing I remember. Like, oh yeah, I can just put my finger down when I need to do something. Yeah. Um, it, it that feels like it's got to spread. You know, I still feel like Face ID is a ways off for the Mac, but uh, the Air just feels like it's like it's kind of the best of everything in Apple's line, right? It's it's got. Touch ID, it's got a speedy processor, really fast storage, it has the T2, makes everything nice and secure, which is awesome. I'm so glad that's on entry-level machines because yeah. it started life on the iMac Pro, and then the MacBook Pros got it. They had the T1 before, but like the Mac Mini and the MacBook Air, those are entry-level computers, and they come with T2. And I think that really shows that Apple's serious about it, and I, that I really like that. I yeah. really do.
1: Yeah. How long do you think it is before they've got the T2 across the line or T3 or some version? I would assume,
0: I would assume at this point, next time, so say like the regular iMac, which you were just speaking about earlier. I would assume when that gets revved at some point, it has the T2 in it. I assume that when the, the MacBook 1 port, 12-inch, tiny computer, if it gets an update, that it would have it. It, it just feels like Apple saying, this is what Macs are now. And moving forward, this is how they're going to be.
1: I mean, you can't put a microphone in front of Tim Cook and he doesn't talk about security and privacy. So Absolutely. I feel like they've probably already decided it's across the line.
0: I think so. And, you know, the iMac, maybe they're, we're really in the weeds now. Really, you know, they may do the cooling stuff the iMac Pro had. Like, I feel like the iMac is due definitely. But I would assume that the T2 at least will be everywhere. And that doesn't mean you get Touch ID, right? Like the Mac Mini doesn't have a Touch ID sensor somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. You just put it, like, around the top so for mine mine's in my entertainment center so anytime I log in I have to go under the TV and touch it yeah <laughs> that's my very family magical. would love that you gotta, you, gotta, you
1: gotta assign it to one of your kids and just say you know, it'll hold multiple fingerprints Josiah go
0: go touch it you know his <laughs> hands covered in peanut butter because he's 10 so that great that's right. fine
2: you've got AppleCare right
0: yeah I don't think AppleCare covers scraping peanut butter out of a touch ID but point.
2: it does cover accidental damage
0: Yeah, <laughs> if you pay for the
1: big one um Two ports? Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, I'm th- the thing with USB-C is you're going to need adapters for some stuff anyway. So, for example, to plug in my Zoom, I have a USB-C to micro USB. And to plug in Ethernet, I have a USB-C to Ethernet because how else are you going to plug Ethernet into a device this thin?
0: You just jam it in there. just <laughs> Cut the end of it off and just like, it'll work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not...
2: Stephen Hackett told me to do this. That's not,
0: uh, that's not official Mac Power Users advice. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, I'm going to need adapters anyway. So as it is, I just bought one. Um, I can't remember if it's USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 uh, from Vava, which has everything. So I can just plug everything into the adapter. And then when I need to podcast, guess what? I plug in one adapter and everything's sure. plugged in.
1: Stephen so. has a real trick adapter he was showing me earlier. Yes. Uh, John, what did
0: you just review on Mac Stories? Uh, hyperdrive 8. The Hyperdrive 8 and one I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And so it's, it's USB-C. I'm looking at John over my glasses. And it is, you know, it's USB-A and main display port, HDMI, SD card, Ethernet. And it's like the size of a sandwich, RS-232. right? Like,
1: RS-232.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I got to make sure I get my SCSI adapters re- yeah. online. Yeah. But, I was, before this, I was carrying around just a pile of dongles. You know, it was like Hansel and Gretel. I could go to a coffee shop and leave one, and I could go back and remember what table I had. But having it all in one is nice, and it's been really successful for me so far. I used it earlier today, actually. Right now, I'm just using straight USB-C cables, but having something that kind of does it all in one can be nice. You're going to pay a little more, and I guess in the back of my mind, I I fear that if it dies, and I'm stranded. So I do still have one USB-C to USB-A in my bag is like a... Safety net, but...
1: I, can I just say I'm witnessing the Mac Power Users Effect live because as you're talking about She's it... She's my right, it. my no, left, Rose I, is on mine Amazon. Mine is also an
2: 8-in-1, so... <laughs> it's yeah. also a little bit thinner than a sandwich, so...
1: Yeah. so it's we got a
2: little the- plastic covering on the Ethernet so that when you need to plug in Ethernet, you've got to pop it up so that it takes up a little bit more space, but then when you put it in your bag, it's really smooth.
0: Really flat, and yeah. it's, it's great. And, you know, for me at least, like, the transition to USB-C was a little annoying at first, but really the thing that I did that sort of made it more tenable was stuff that I just use all the time, I just bought USB-C cables for. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, my audio device at home, I have a USB-C to USB Type-B connector because it uses that crazy square printer one. Yeah. Instead of using an adapter. Or, like, this interface I use live actually is powered via USB-C. So, like, the world is slowly doing it. It's just taking a... Um, it's just taking a little time.
1: Yeah, I think cable replacement is something people don't think about. If you buy a new device, that's USB C, rather than buying all the dongles, look at the typical devices you're attaching to it and go just go buy the USB C cables because they're out there for just about everything.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's not going away. You know, it's not it's not like Apple's gonna go, oh never mind, we're going back. Like they're not going back. Like the ship is sailed. And so for me at least that was it was an investment of you know a little bit of money, but it brought the frustration level down, yeah. and that was really key to me because if you use, especially if you use a notebook and you're you know, doing stuff with it all the time, it can just be really frustrating. It can slow you down. And for me, just having kind of everything ready to go just made life a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, and also sometimes the dongles that you get on Amazon, the USB-C to USB-A ones, only support USB 2.0 speeds, whereas if you get the USB-C cable, it will c- can also support USB 3.0 mm-hmm. speeds, so you're actually not slowing yourself down, which yeah. is a significant win.
0: But yeah, so we got links to those in the, uh, in the show notes. So before we let you go, do you have any sort of uh, parting thoughts on the MacBook Air that we haven't gotten to?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I really like it. I am impressed with this device. Like, I was a little bit concerned that when I picked it up, I was going to have to, like, go back to the Apple store the next day and be like, you know, I need to return this. But that's not happened. And I'm very happy with it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I, pl- I played with hers and a couple others. And um, I-, I shouldn't say this because my wife is in the room. But her... <laughs> Uh, was it 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro? She has the original Retina MacBook Pro, sure. like 20, yeah, 13, it
0: Still, 2014. I think it still has
1: the diving board touch bar oh, and that, yeah. that's starting to like freeze up, and I feel like you know, is there
0: peanut butter in it?
1: No, not yet, <laughs> but maybe there will be after I say that. When that one goes, we'll probably just get her a MacBook Air. Yeah, anyway,
0: You're on the hook now.
1: I know publicly. Well,
0: Rose, thank you so much. Thank you for Let's having give Rose me.
1: Rose. Round of applause. Thanks, Rose. <laughs> um, For, for those of you who are on the talk.macpowerusers.com forum, Rose is the person that keeps it a nice and safe place. So we wanted yes. to thank her.
0: We're very appreciative of her work there. And, and for me, at least, before we move on, like, just I didn't plan on this. I'm just doing it. Yeah. You look nervous. You Do look I? Physically nervous.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> the forums are great. So if you're listening and you haven't checked them out, Go look at them. I've learned so much you know I've, I, I was hanging around before I joined the show and I'm there pretty often now. yeah I just I love the community. I love that people are answering each other's questions. Um, there was someone who built an amazing desk for his wife then like showed pictures like I love that side of it too like the communal side of it. I love that desk just like so if you're out there like good job, it looks yeah. awesome. yeah it's just a fun place to be so go check it out and yes, Rose is the person who makes sure everyone is in line and it's a safe place for everybody and we couldn't be more appreciative of that
1: yes. Well, but once we decided that Rose was going to come, we thought we can't have just one European come. Well, the mic's to the still Mac there. Yeah. I mean, she didn't take it with her. Yeah. Thankfully. And um, so it's plugged we, in. <laughs> we thought, why don't we bring somebody else over from across the pond? Yeah.
0: Well, before we do that, I want to talk about Hover. Oh, yeah. you got to leave them hanging. Okay. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by our friends at Hover. Buying a domain name is the first step to building your online identity. With Hover, you can find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. So last year, I celebrated 10 years of writing my blog, 512pixels, which is mind-blowing. And that domain is registered at Hover. And I was able to go there, find the name. I have a bunch of, like, Vandy domains near it so no one can poach me. And it was all really easy to do. And I like that the, the domain is unique. It tells a story. It, it, it That is the brand that I have written – as is 10 years. It's a big part of my life. And Hover makes it really easy to make sure that that domain is mine forever. And they're great. One of my favorite things about Hover is there. there's no junky upsells. You know, sometimes you go to buy a domain name and they try to add stuff and the interface is confusing and Hover really values their customer's time and their attention. And so it's a really easy process to check out. You don't feel like you're getting tricked at any point. And they have really great customer support team. So... You know, DNS, we're friends. We can just say DNS can be tricky sometimes. You know, you try to do something, it doesn't, doesn't work right, or it's longer than you think it's going to take. And their customer su- support team is ready to answer those types of questions. They're nerdy, and they're friendly, and it's a great interaction every time you've got to do it. And look, who doesn't need a domain name, right? It's Everyone's got one. I guess it's peer pressure part of the ad read. Everyone's got a domain name. You should have one too. Yeah.
1: Your and, email, whatever you're doing, man. You need a domain. Yeah,
0: And it's important for yours to stand out. So Hover has 400 of these new domain name extensions and one of my favorites is .me. It's a great extension to use for something like a, a, a portfolio to show your work or a blog, something that's really personal that .me kind of shows that. And these these new domain name extensions open up a whole new world where like .coms and .nets can be hard to get, but something cool like .me could be easier land easier to land what you want so if you have a great personal website ready to go grab a dot me extension uh, they're on sale this month at hover for 9.99 that's 33% off your first year and if you're new to hover you can get an additional 10% off any domain extension for your first year if you go to hover.com/mpu that's hover.com/mpu it's time to get your portfolio website up and running my thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So, Stephen, I have this issue with uh, fancy pins that is a result of a podcast on Relay Network called "The Pin Addict." But I also like digital stuff. So we thought, how are we going to solve this problem without getting some help? So we brought a therapist. We brought we brought a fancy guy from London. Everybody, welcome to the stage, Mike Hurley. Thank you. Hey, buddy. What up, homies? <laughs> so, hey, Chicago. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think, Mike, you should tell us about when you decided to come to the show, because that really was oh, special. Oh,
3: yeah. So obviously I knew about Stephen joining Mac Power Users. Surprise. Uh,
0: <laughs> we so should introduce you. I mean, we assume people know who you are, but yeah, okay. Mike is my co-founder at Relay FM. He is the half of the business with a better accent. And
1: he's wearing a pocket square when I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's how you can tell his grace. But did you notice any other similarities <laughs> to my right and my left? We're
3: wearing the same shirt. Me and Steven are wearing that. He was so upset
1: when I, was I, very upset
3: when I put this shirt on today. So
1: usually,
0: believe it or not, we actually talk about these things when we're planning a show. So I was like, David,
1: you have to go buy a sports coat. I don't want to do that anymore, man. And, 22 years I did you that. Know, but we didn't think about, yeah. well,
0: what shirt are you going to wear? Yeah. And we've failed.
1: Yeah. I just think it's the longer you podcast together, the more you start to look the same. Yeah.
3: So, but just before uh, Stephen joined Mac Powell he sent me the edit of the first episode so I could listen to it in advance because that's the perks of being a co-founder. <laughs> and uh, 10 minutes after listening to the show, I could hear how excited both he and David were for like the, a new life for the show and a, a new kind of direction. And then I booked a ticket to Chicago because I really wanted to be here, so disappoint him and then they wrote me on stage I wasn't supposed to be on stage I, I didn't know I was going to be on stage and then like a week ago they told me oh you're going to have a part of the stage show I was like alright okay we'll do that then. so am. Yeah. you're not going to come all that way we're not going to put you on he had already packed the
0: pocket square it just goes mm-hmm. with him everywhere <laughs> like it's no problem I just, <laughs> don't worry guys just, I go
1: to the pocket square he's British you know
0: it's like it's like being Batman or something like you're always ready to go but it's a very specific need yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, the, for uh, the iPad users out there, GoodNotes came out with a really good update recently. And they really did a good job of the pen you know, assimilation. Mm-hmm. They've got the fountain pen. They've got the brush pen. And I'm a nerd. And over the last year and a half or so, I've been making a real effort to do a better job of journaling and diarying. I think it really has helped me with a lot of things. So I've been using day one, Poppy Lap day one. In the meantime, I listen to Mike over there on Pen Addict. And you know how when Mac Power users uh, find me and they say, either, usually it's the Mac Power user listener, but quite often it's also the significant other that wants to talk about how much money the show has cost them. <laughs> and, and I feel like Pen Addict has been that for me because I've bought several fancy pens because of Mr. Pocket Square over here. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
3: I, have a, I have a podcast about fountain pens.
1: Yeah, Pen Addict. It's yeah. a great show on Relay. So I've been writing in an actual book. The guy who wrote paperless has been writing in a book. That's my dirty <laughs> secret <laughs> for about a year and a half now. And I would literally just take a picture of it with my phone or my iPad and then save it to day one because I want to have this record. I mean, this isn't really a book that's written for my, uh, you know, successors to read. It's just for me. And, um, and the, the thing I don't like about it is when you take that picture, it's just. It's just a picture that's often poor, poorly lit. It's not searchable. Um, you know, all the analog problems. So I've been writing. Mike and I have been texting about this in the background. And uh, I've come up with this great solution. As the show hits live, I'm going to have a post up at Max Sparky with a bunch of downloadable forms. I've created all my planner forms and OmniGraffle and made turned them into PDFs that you can easily link But I just wanted to talk about digital versus audio or um, analog for this stuff. Yeah. But I think before we move on, you should
3: say the cut because you have lots of these forms that, that you have. So you have like a daily one, a weekly one, like as review forms, you have a meeting note. Form yeah, you know and, I mean. like, and you import all of these into GoodNotes and take notes on them, right?
1: Yeah, so the workflow for it is I create them in OmniGraffle. Uh, the ones that are downloadable, I'm using a custom version of Futura because I'm kind of fiddly about this stuff. You got to buy that font, so I can't give that to you, but the forms are there and you can use whatever fonts you want. Comic Sans? No. <laughs> No, no comic sans. Uh, anyway, so you, uh, so you make the forum and Omni Graffle, and I made one for the day. The the first thing I was doing with the written journal was I would just write down as I was going through the day all the stuff I did because it's really easy to forget what you did. You get to the end of the day, you feel like you didn't do anything. I think actually just writing down the the, the significant tasks as you get through the day helps you feel a little bit better about yourself and, and figure out where you're going. Mm-hmm. So I did that in this digital form. Now the nice thing about doing it digitally is I can write down a log of my time and also the tasks I finished, and you can easily export those uh, into an image file that can be read by day one. So uh, then you have a digital form. Day one can actually search, you know, writing more or less. Um, the you have the ability to customize. You have the ability to erase and very easily capture that form. But I'm torn because I have these fancy pens and paper. Yeah. And I, at first I was just kind of looking for Mike's permission to do mm-hmm. that, I think.
3: So does day one do OCR? Uh, no. Okay.
1: No, not to my knowledge.
3: Because this is even like, I guess, we even what you're doing right now in GoodNotes. Yeah. You're not typing it, so no. it's not searchable, right? I
1: think it does actually search the handwriting. I'm probably going to get that wrong. Anybody okay. in the room know? It does, right? Yeah, it does. It does, does. okay. Because yeah.
3: that must be a relatively new thing.
1: Yeah. Well, they do a couple of things really well. They do the um, the text to speech annotation very good. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they've really kind of upped their game with that app, but. But the, but like you were saying, in addition, so that daily one is one I use every day. And in day one, it's very easy to import an externally created document, which is a relatively new feature. That's always been the advantage of Notability for people that do this stuff is Notability. You can create uh, individual forms as templates. But I like the the pen and ink um, recognition with, day, uh, with in the, GoodNotes. In GoodNotes, in GoodNotes much better. Yeah. So, so now I can import it into GoodNotes and I can do it. Uh, but like I showed Mike, I sent him all the forms. I've also got ones for weekly and monthly. And I'm just trying to figure out the balance between how to get this done right. So like do even
3: even as a person, like I love fountain pens and I've I've loved pens since I was a kid. And the pen addict has been going on for seven years now or something like that. It's like my longest running show and it's a whole big thing. And uh, I, even as somebody who loves fountain pens and pens and paper, I still like to have some form of this stuff. Digitally. So, like, for example, all of my tasks are in Todoist. I don't keep paper to do lists, yeah. right? Like, that's because I find that when you keep a paper to do list as your main source of where of your to-dos are things I find for me get missed. Things don't get moved to new days, and or every single day you're sitting and writing out all of your tasks and checking them off, and then doing the same every day, every day, every day. So I think like a system like that, I would want to have digitally, so I don't have to remember everything or duplicate everything every day. But what I have, I have a journal where every day I write down something good that happened, something bad that happened, that's something that's on my mind, and something I'm looking forward to. They're kind of like the four main things. That that I look at every day. And then I have these seven questions that I ask myself every day, which relate to things about my company and my personal relationships, which came from a book that I read called triggers. Yeah. Um, at where this is a kind of like a big theme of this book is having these daily questions. So I kind of like took that and manipulated it and changed it to work the way that I want. And that's something that I know that, that Dave did too. So we talk about this a lot. Um, But these are things that I do with my pens and paper every day. And the reason I do it handwritten as opposed to digitally or to type it, like either to do digital handwriting or typing, is I like the process of it. These are not things that I feel I need to refer to ever again after they're written down from day to day. So, for example, my 2017 uh, diary, I shredded. Yeah. Because I I don't consider this something that I need to keep. Yeah. Makes me think it's like highly sensitive. Yeah. What are you writing? Well, I mean, you know, I sh- well, it is also my like my emotions. Right, so you're, it's you're my shredding, diary. You're
0: sh- I thought well, you were going to be the therapist, but you're shredding your emotions. No, every I here. shred my emotions. Do, do you
3: have code names for me in your journal, Mike? I I can't say because okay. in case you have, in case you ever uh, come across it. Yeah. But so like it, behind your house, taping the shredded pieces. <laughs> go, what did he say? <laughs> so I find it to be. So, like two points of it, which I find interesting to do digitally. One, I like to be able to use my pens and paper, and I find that quite a meditative practice to do it, to handwrite it. And then sure. two, I don't consider this stuff worth keeping. And But you are now putting it into day one, which suggests
1: that you do consider it worth keeping. Yeah. And I wonder why. I like looking back to see, now that I've got a few years in it, like to see what I was thinking about and what I was working on. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, it's encrypted and it's, you know, protected by your ID. So you, it's, it's, you know, it's not really something anybody can just pick up my iPad and start reading, but it's actually quite useful, I think, to see what I was doing. I find benefit from that. The The process of writing the journal is actually uh, useful. But, but like you were saying, the, the issue is there's so many ways that digital technology is better. We're on Mac Power users. That's what we largely like to do, is this digital stuff. But there are some benefits to getting a pad of paper and a pen. And I've been trying to find the, the mixture between that. And what I'm finding is for a lot of the stuff I used to write down, I'm now doing it digitally with GoodNotes. Uh, but there's still certain things like at the end of the week, when I do the weekly plan, I'll, I'll do that in a notebook. Okay.
3: Yeah, because the Apple Pencil is amazing. I love the Apple Pencil. But the experience of using an Apple Pencil, which is a piece of plastic on a piece of glass, it doesn't—it doesn't have the same feeling. It just doesn't. I mean, it's great and it works very well. The latency is fantastic, and you can choose different brushes and different pens and different colors and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have. If you are a person that enjoys using pens and paper, it's never going to get close to that to replicating that feeling. And for me, I don't like to lose that. Like I like to have some of that element in my life still, even though I am such a digitally focused person.
1: Yeah. For me, the lines really come on the uh, the frequency of input, I think, is what mm-hmm. it is. Like the stuff that I'm tracking daily daily. Uh, I'm absolutely over on digital now. I think the GoodNotes update is so good. And they really have come so long or so far in making something that writing with the Apple Pencil on the iPad feels so natural. Mm -hmm. And I I love the idea that I can create these forms that are in this accompanying blog post where every day everything's set up for me. I don't have to get the rulers out and set everything up. But like you, I, I do miss it. And because I initially, when we first started talking about this, I, w- I replaced every all the paper with these digital forms. And that's why there's so many in the download. But several of them I've abandoned now.
3: Yeah, like uh, stuff like the call notes. Yeah, that's really good. And I do that. So if yeah. I have some kind of business call, I will typically just uh, I'll open even Notability. I haven't, I haven't really played around with the GoodNotes update a ton. Yeah, you have to But try I think it out. I'm going to. Because like you were showing me. It's like, like, oh, because I chose Notability a while ago, and it was just the, the app that I picked, and yeah. I really liked it. But as well, a lot of the time, if I'm just doing some handwritten note stuff, I just use Apple Notes. Yeah. Because it's really good, and Apple Notes is where all of my notes go. So like, if I was looking for a note about such and such call in six months, I would go to Apple Notes first to try and find it, because that's kind of where my brain would tell me to go.
1: So the way I do the call log, and that's also in the download, is I made a form that has the date and it says from to – anybody that works in an office is used to seeing mm-hmm. these forms. But I've got a lot of text below or space below to write down text. And then at the bottom of the page, I have five action items. And whenever I get calls from clients or some project I'm working on, it's a, a what I would call a relevant or material call. Uh, I have a in Good Notes. I have a separate notebook just called Call Log, and uh, I just open a new page in that because it just repeats that page once you import it over and over again. And I'll just take notes because my iPad is right next to my iMac as I work all day. And then when I'm done, I can export that page to a Apple Notes file if I've got it there, or to just the folder on iCloud, and I've got that as a permanent record.
3: Yeah. See, in like again, as somebody who evangelizes pen and paper, that is an exact. Reason for why digital is better because yeah. you need those call logs for yeah. cases, and you might need that in six months' time to yeah. come back to that call. And if you wrote that down on pen and paper and tried to file it somewhere. You could quite easily lose it.
1: Yeah, and you can also link it to an OmniFocus or Things or whatever task manager you're using. You can link it to new tasks so you can go back to that later mm-hmm. when you need to take more time. Say, up. But as I was getting into that, I was finding out, wow, this digital stuff is really good. Who would have thought? And um, <laughs> these computers <laughs> are so great. You know, but then, but then I also found that you know, I think I've been uh, infected a little bit by a pen addict. But I, I really do mm-hmm. like having a fancy pen that writes nice on really quality paper. And there's something about the process i did a post about the um the birthday you know retreat i did mm-hmm. and, and using the paper and pen for that made perfect sense i don't think i would do that with a apple pencil on a piece of glass there's
3: something about the clickly clack of the apple pencil on the ipad which just doesn't have that same kind of like i'm gonna relax and write down my thoughts and feelings it just doesn't have that same kind of feeling to it. Of like the way that it feels, just doesn't feel right. And like for something, what you were doing, which this is a wonderful post that people should go and read. Uh, it's on. It will be in the show notes. And it was on. Uh, it was on Max Barkey about you kind of just sitting down and you got rid of all technology, which is again another great reason to use pen and paper sometimes. And it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to use expensive stuff. Just find the yeah. thing that you like. There's so many wonderful options out there. Um, but being able to just get rid of all technology and sit and write something out, is a, it's a wonderful thing. And again, it is like, you know, like people talk about like distraction-free writing environments or having machines which are locked down so they can do writing on them or having a Kindle. Pen and paper is like that for note-taking because you if you have an iPad, it's still going to get all the notifications and it's, you're still going to have all the distractions. But being able to just kind of sit down and have just a lovely notebook and your favorite pen in your hand and go to a nice coffee shop, that's great. And I don't know if you would have gotten the same level that you got out of sitting down and doing that reminiscing and that reflection if it was on your iPad rather than on a pen and paper. Uh, I,
1: I want to ask you a question I thought would never get asked on the Mac Power users.
3: <laughs> I'm breaking a lot of the rules of this
1: show right I'm very aware of that. So if somebody's listening and they want a pen and like a nice notebook to try this stuff out. All right, not, so. not, not, not the no.
0: usual king of pins. And, no, no, and you no, have no. like 60 seconds to answer. Yeah, I, I can... <laughs> and I maybe can,
1: $60 or $50 a spin. So I would say for like for
3: $40, you could get a pen and paper combo that would be wonderful. And I would recommend any retro 51 Tornado there's a million designs out there. You'll find one for you, Steven as a space one. It's really good. I have several space ones. Um, and the refill that they use is incredible. If you are more design-focused, I would recommend the Mark I by Studio Neat, which uses the same refill. They're both fantastic. And then for a notebook, you could look at something like a Rodeo web notebook, which they, they are the same shape and format as a Moleskine, but with much, much, much better paper.
1: All right. Well, there you have it that's all you need. And if you're really interested in this stuff go over and listen to the Pen Addict. It's mm-hmm. a great show. Thank you.
0: All right. So we've got one more ad break. Mike's going to stay with mm-hmm. us because we have a special
1: Q&A.
3: Q&A. I didn't know what to call it and then I realized it's just we just said. ask MPU, you, you do that.
1: It's a thing that exists on
3: your show. This is why we're good business partners. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Before we do, I want to thank our third and final sponsor of today's show, and that's our friends over at CleanMyMac X. Uh, uh, This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by CleanMyMac X from our friends over at MacPaw, longtime sponsors of the show, making a great product. You can use their uh, CleanMyMac X. is a great application you can install your Mac that can help you get rid of that extra cruft you've got on your Mac, and it does so much more than that. With their smart scan to clean up, speed up, and remove pesky malware from your Mac with just one button. It will even delete hidden, (laughs) hard-to-find apps, plus reset any app in its default state without losing your user data. It's like having a brand-new Mac without the annoying setup. It's going to keep all your stuff safe by scanning and neutralizing Mac OS-specific threats like cryptocurrency miners and browser hijackers because you don't want to have to worry about that stuff. I've got it installed on my Mac every month or so. It says, hey, Dave, you need to clean your Mac, and I push the button, and it does it literally in the background. I I love this product. I use it all the time. Whatever can be safely cleaned on your Mac, CleanMyMac X takes care of it, plus you get personalized Mac cleanup tips, smart filters to easily sort and review files, and you can even manage Dropbox space. Uh, one of the things I do like is it will find on my drive a bunch of large files that I forgot about, like when I'm doing screencasts, I'll have scratch drives with gigabytes and gigabytes of data, and I, I found one recently on a, on a screencast that had been released over two years ago that was just sitting there taking space. I push a button, CleanMyMac X just takes care care of it so it's time to show your mac a bit of love head over to macpaw.com clean my mac now that's macpaw.com clean my mac to make your mac feel as good as new let them know you heard about it here on the mac power users and thank you to clean my mac x for all of their support of this show
3: All right, so we're going to do some Ask MPU questions. I don't know if I was supposed to introduce this segment, but I've taken over. Go for it. Uh, These were submitted (laughs) by our lovely MacPower users audience. And the first question comes from Thomas. And Thomas asks, in the last several years, which Apple product has most made your heart sing and which has most made your heart Sink. That's a beautiful question. Isn't it what it so He could have asked what
1: was good and what was kind of cruddy. (laughs) It's
3: like, (laughs) what was great and what was crap? But no, it's like, (laughs) what about sing and sink? I like it. That's
1: because he's a Mac Power User's listener.
3: Very eloquent, very smart, very beautiful people. So, Stephen, which products have made your heart most sing and sink? My favorite Apple product in the last several years are AirPods. Yeah.
0: I'm on my second pair which isn't great, <laughs> but uh, I use them all the time. You know, we've all, maybe if you use them, you've had this situation where you get somewhere and you realize you left them at home. It's like you pull your wired earbuds out of your backpack and it's like going back in time. It's like they get caught on things, it's terrible. Uh, really love the AirPods, use them for calls, exercise, doing the dishes, whatever. Um, as far as things that have made my heart sink, I'm going to go a little esoteric on this. Of course I'm not going to say the MacBook Pro keyboarding, that's the obvious answer. Is that your answer? No. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to say the death of macOS server. So, oh, yeah, I know my people. <laughs> they they slowly whittled it away, and they said in the last year or so, hey, we're moving a lot of this stuff to client. So like a lot of like the content caching server, which I talked about in the Mac Mini episode, that used to be a server product. Now it's just in macOS client. But... Uh, some people don't need what's left of a server. It is still around. It's very specific things. But just the sense that that's not a use case that maybe Apple is super psyched about just made me, made me sad as someone who has a Mac server and plans to have one for a long, long time.
1: Dave? Uh, for me, I think the thing that made my heart sing in the last few years is this new iPad Pro. It's just gorgeous. And it's so fast. I mean, it's like uh, MacBook Pro speeds on yeah. a little piece of glass. The most beautiful hardware. The the pencil. I mean, the whole reason we had this whole digital versus analog discussion is, frankly, because this thing has arrived in the meantime. Um, it, there's, I, I love almost everything about this except the one thing that makes my heart sink, and that is the operating system that they're running on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know I know I keep banging the drum on this, but the the iPad, the only thing holding it back is is iOS. And I just, you know, there's actually a running battle going on in the forum about this that I keep weighing in on. I feel like a company with Apple's resources should be able to walk and chew gum. And we should, every year, they should be putting the pedal down on making this iPad be able to do anything you can do on a Mac. And there's still things you can't. You know, yeah. the, the reason why I don't have the post up with the templates when we start the show today, so I've been walking around with my iPad all day and just getting files zipped. And it's I know it's all possible, but it's much more tedious than it should be. And now that they've got this amazing hardware, I feel like they really need to deliver the goods on the software for the iPad.
3: Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, June. We're, we keep hearing that, you know, but hopefully mm-hmm. I don't want to get so excited about June that I get there. I'm disappointed because it's not enough. Yep. But but I, I and I, I think every two years is not enough. I mean, we go through this thing where we, this has happened twice now where we get towards um, WWDC and the whole community is at a boiling point over the iPad not doing enough. And then they give us something, but then they make it make us wait two more years before they do it again. I, I feel like they can do better.
3: All right, Tim asks, what has been the biggest challenge to keeping Mac Power users' content fresh and engaging? David, I'll ask you first, considering you've been here the whole time.
1: Yeah, you know, people ask me this all the time, and I really it's not a challenge. I mean, I'm super excited about this stuff. I meet people all the time. I guess the one thing I have on is I always have my would this be good for MPU radar on. Like, you know, we just did a show a few weeks ago with a sheep farmer, and I just I found her in the forums, and we had a phone call, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be a great show. It was great. You know, and so I just – keeping my eyes open, a lot of stuff we do sometimes come back and cover things again, but it's always in motion. And I get super excited about this stuff, as you probably know. And we just ha- – I have a great time, and it's not really that hard.
3: What about you, Stephen? Like, I'm, just ex- I mean, I'm just excited to be here, man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but I think for you, like, you know, you have other places where you talk about technology and especially Apple products. So for you, how are you finding – Different things to talk about on MacPoz is that you might not talk about elsewhere.
0: MPU gives me a place to get deep. You know, there's a show like Connected that you and I do together. It's Apple news, it's rumors, it's and we talk, jokes. And mostly just jokes. We've had a running segment about how Federico Vittici's never had porridge. Like if you if you don't listen to Connected, I don't know. That'll probably talk you out of it forever. Yeah. But I don't, you know, MPU gives me an opportunity to, to let the nerd the nerdy side of me off the leash a little bit. So we can talk about things like content caching server and we can talk about like custom hardware development to track sheep. Like that's wild. And I love, I've always loved that about MPU and that's what I was most excited about when you asked me to join was to, to really get deep into this stuff and help explain it and work our way through it in a way that's um, perhaps a little more detail oriented than I then I get to do other places.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only reason I agreed to do MPU to begin with was once we found a concept that didn't involve talking about news. And that's what's so special about this show. We, yeah. get, to, we get to really dig in deep, and it's right. really fun.
0: Yeah, I like, I like that I get to do both because I do like the news stuff, but I like that that's contained over there, and we can do our nerd thing here.
3: Isaac asks, what does the process of editing the show look like? So, Steven, I know that you've taken over the reins for this recently.
1: So, yes. what,
3: do you, what, what do you
1: got to say? Well, I up? think I should go first. My process is I put a file in Dropbox <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and a
1: podcast comes out
0: the other side. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's magical. That's some real automation you have done yeah. on the one. Yeah, over that, there, Dave. that's the
1: best automation. I do it in
0: automator. You wouldn't think it's powerful enough. Yeah. So, so, I do edit the show. I edit quite a few shows on Relay at this point. And so, we I get the, the audio from David. I get it from our guest, if we have a guest. And they record their audio locally on their Mac. So I have a – we use Skype. I have a recording of the Skype call, but I don't want to use that unless something terrible has happened. So that's, like, just a background, like, backup situation.
1: Belt and suspenders, baby.
0: You can't have two – I'm recording this show in two – like, on two different devices. Like, separate them as much as possible. Uh, so I – I edit in Logic Pro. By no means do you have to edit podcasts in Logic. There's some things that Logic does. Its compressors and its noise gate, I think, are better than what GarageBand offers. But I'll tell you right now, I'll go on the record right now. If Ferrite, which is an iPad audio editing application that's amazing on the iPad, if that comes to the Mac, I will leave Logic. Because like, Ferrite really just does what I need to do. Logic is a music production app. I don't need drum loops very often when editing MPU. I mean, Sometimes. <laughs> You know, like, maybe right now if you're listening and I remember to edit it in.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, we'll just do an episode and I'll explain my mad beatboxing skills. Perfect. All right. <laughs> do you
3: have those?
1: I'm not going to say anymore.
3: Yeah, it's not this episode. You got to come I'd back. Say. I, don't, I don't think I could be surprised by the untold talents of David Sparks. Yeah, so which yeah. is talking
0: about, like, this band he's doing with all these famous musicians. It's incredible. So uh, I edit in Logic, and I, I really look for a few things. I make sure everything is lined up. And if you listen to MPU, um, you know, we have sometimes three voices, and I don't want a lot of, like, interrupting or crosstalk. And so I go th- through and clean all that up. I insert the ads. I insert all the music. And then I create MP3s in Forecast, which is a free application written by our friend Marco Armit. And so I export a wave out of Logic, and I use Forecast to embed the album artwork and the metadata and it gives me my MP3. And chapters. And chapters. I, do, I I add chapters in logic, but then I just make sure I didn't misspell anything in forecast because that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: if you're listening, there's actually chapters in MPU and they've been there for years. Mm-hmm. I always, it's amazing when I meet someone who says, Oh, I didn't know those were there. Yeah. So if you
0: didn't like uh, you know, a certain section, you can see wherever, that's totally fine by us. But it gives people a way to navigate a show. And mm-hmm. so all that works done in logic on the Mac. And then Relay has, we have our own CMS, and I upload it to that. And then every Sunday, sometimes I'm at a basketball game. I've published MPU from a basketball game. I've published MPU from all these different places. And it comes out uh, every, every week on time.
1: I also learned about uh, production. I know now what my mic switch uh, waveform looks like because mm. I'll just be working on my computer, and Stephen will text me, "This is what your mic switch, your mute switch yeah, is." Your mute switch like. is
3: this little like line and a divot in Logic because it makes a pop in sound when when David unmutes himself. Yeah, which is... he does it with a
1: hammer
0: or something. He's like, <laughs> "Bam!" <laughs> actually,
1: actually, I, I do it with Steven's MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: why the bottom's all torn up. Yeah. And when you edit audio, you learn what audio looks like, which is, like, a really yeah. strange thing. So, like, um, I used to edit another show on Relay, and one of the hosts had a – I was telling these guys earlier – had a neighbor with a motorcycle, and I learned what her neighbor's motorcycle looked like. So yeah. I could see it coming, like, down the street, and the waveform would get bigger. She lives in a neighborhood, I assume, not a racetrack, <laughs> but this is blast by. And so I learned in logic what that would look like, and I could cut it out without having to listen to it. Mm-hmm. You learn these weird things when you edit audio. Yeah, time. just
1: yeah. the waveforms, because when I do the screencast, it's the same thing. When I make a mistake, I, uh, I'll click on the mic, and then I can actually see... Mm-hmm. By the follow-up, the exact point where I did the fire, I know how far back to go because the waveforms are similar enough. It's yep. it's a uh, it's a visual art. That's, apparently, you yep.
0: wouldn't think it is, but it totally is.
3: Okay, Lars asks, what's the skill that you would still like to learn that you haven't yet,
1: Dave? Uh, how many would I not like to learn? Uh, I'm I'm currently working on trying to get better at jazz improvisation. So that's that's like all I, of us. Yes. Really. Yeah, that's very yes. relatable. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, you know, on the tech stuff, I'm always interested in what's new and interesting. Lately, I've been spending a lot of time studying JavaScript because I keep preaching it on the show that I think it's probably the proper language for automation. So I've been doing online stuff on that, and I'm fiddling around with that. And uh, I, I just kind of look what's coming down the road and, and try and learn it. And the stuff, you know, it, it's fun. It's just like uh, some people give me a hard time. They're like, hey, you're an old guy. Why are you looking at the iPad? But, you know, it's fun to learn new technology. And this stuff <laughs> Who is says great. says that to you? I hear it all the time.
3: You send them to me.
1: I, will. I will. I'll send them to, straight. Talk to Mr. Hurley in his <laughs> pocket scarf. <laughs> yeah. Hurley, Hurley Esquire. Mm-hmm. You're going to be my counsel. Stephen, what about you?
0: Jazz no. <laughs> All right.
1: The show just got a lot better.
0: Okay. It went a direction, that's for sure. Um, I'm with you. I would I would like to be more in the world of programming. I've never really been a developer. I can kick around things like PHP and CSS enough to break my own blog repeatedly. but um, but JavaScript in particular, you basically stole my answer because like clearly it's the future of automation. You know the Mac is supporting it iOS is supporting it. People like the Omni Group are doing incredible things with it. And of course it works on the web. Like it's a very it's a language that you can apply in a bunch of different ways. And so I, I want to get more into that, but it's just a matter of, of time really.
3: And our last question comes from Jonathan. And Jonathan asks, if you could go back and tell
1: something to yourself of ten years ago, what would it be? Dave? <laughs> Ten years ago, to me, wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but I, you know, I would. I, looking back at my real life, I think I took myself way too seriously. And uh, the older I get, the more I realize I just tell myself, "Go easy on yourself."
0: That's really good. I like that. You can you can
1: copy it. It's
0: okay. <laughs> I would have told myself ten years ago, "Learn JavaScript." No. <laughs> I have two answers to this. I have a professional and a personal one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, professionally, you know, ten years ago. I just started writing Five Twelve Pixels. You and I hadn't met yet. Nope. Which is blows my mind because we spend so much time together that we look alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I would have told myself that, like, to stick with the writing because there were many times in those early days, the blog was getting no traffic, no one cared. My mom didn't even read it yet. And I did she read it now? No. Okay, good. <laughs> she has it bookmarked in her browser, Aww. and I think it's just to make me feel better when I fix her computer. She does follow me on Twitter, which is very upsetting. Uh oh! <laughs> but yeah,
1: that doesn't help.
0: That's no, not good at all. She's like, "What are you doing?" Um, so I would I would have told myself to be patient with the creative work. That that the internet's a big place, and it takes time to end up where we are now. And I'm extremely thankful and humble to everyone who has paid attention to me in the last decade. Um, I don't know why you do, but I am very appreciative of it. So I, that's on the professional side. Um, on the personal side, ten years ago for me was really hard. You know, uh, I don't mean to be heavy, but I'm just going to do this. Like, you know, ten years ago, our son was diagnosed with a really serious disease, and we almost lost him. And I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't handle it well. And I would have told, you know, future Stephen that, you know, you're going to have some really hard stuff to go through, but the journey is what counts. You said that today. We were like walking to a barbecue place and you, you made this like wise comment about, you know, the, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I'm,
1: I'm deep. So Very. yeah, it's like <laughs> it's you're the journaling,
0: jazz. you're like spouting wisdom. It's incredible. And I would have told myself 10 years ago that, that life would have ended up okay. And, um, and I think it kind of fits in with what you said about, you know, give yourself some grace, give people around you grace. That was a lesson I had to learn a decade ago. And um, I wish I'd
3: learned it sooner. Can I just say one, too? That's really heavy. Uh, (laughs) Yes, please. I kind of, I think Mike of 10 years ago would have been really excited to be sitting next to David's box. (laughs) I have been listening to Mac Power Users for a very long time. And uh, it is an honor to, to have you as part of the network to have this show. And it always has been. Uh, we were so excited when you and Katie came on board. We and freaked out, man! <laughs> it it was a real big moment for us. We're and, very excited to and, join. And uh, it's it's wild to me now that I get to to sit here with you, uh, helping make an episode happen. So thank you again.
1: Well, thanks. Uh, you know, for the listeners, the Relay group is truly a family. We all have such a good time together, yeah. and um, we are so happy to be here. So happy that Stephen came on, and uh, you know, I think we got a lot more gas in the tank at the Mac Power Users. Ten more years. Ten more years. I'm not stopping at ten, baby. <laughs> I told Steven you're stuck with me.
0: That's right. I signed some really
1: upsetting paperwork. Yeah, well, I, I am a lawyer. I told him he didn't need to read all the parts in Latin. <laughs> no. That feels like a good place to, to wind
0: this down. Yeah,
1: and, and I just want to thank everybody for coming tonight. It's really great doing a live show. It's been a long time, and we're just, it's just awesome doing it. We're going to be doing more of these.
0: Absolutely. So we we talked about this. We're doing... Max stock over the summer, that will come out as episode 500. Um, And we already are talking about some things to get beyond Chicago. It just happened (laughs) to be we were here twice, but we want to do some East Coast stuff. I keep hearing about the wonderful West
1: Coast. Yeah, I'm going to get Steven out there. um,
0: So we're going to do some of that. So uh, we hopefully will have some stuff to announce here pretty soon. We want to take the show on the road more. It's been a long time, and my favorite thing – Amongst many blessings in this job is getting out onto the road and like hang out with people who listen. I love it. I can't get enough of it. So uh, we're going to bring MPU on the road a lot more in the future.
1: My last question is that little button, the red button, shouldn't that be lit up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's, as the kids say, it's lit. (laughs) I don't know what that Uh. actually means. Well, thank <laughs> you everybody for coming. We had a great time doing our, our uh, live show, and uh, it's just uh, really great having you here. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Macbook Users. Yeah.